This is the Yonkazine Brief with Peter Hoffland and Sonia Portillo. Today in the Yonkazine Brief, we talk with Charlie Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of ADC Bio, a biotechnology company specialized in the development of antibody drug conjugates. Antibody drug conjugates, also known as ADCs, are a novel type of targeted anti-cancer agent. Today, four drugs in this class of agents have been approved by regulators around the world. I'm Peter Hofland, Sonja Portillo is on assignment, and this is the Yonkazine Brief. The antibody used in an antibody drug conjugate, or ADC, is specific to so-called cell surface proteins on the surface of cancer cells. In simple terms, this means that the antibody is able to specifically target cancer cells. This approach offers various advantages over current therapies based on standard chemotherapeutic drugs currently used in the treatment of cancer. One of the benefits is that ADCs are designed to only kill cancer cells, but do not harm healthy cells. In today's episode of the Oncogene Brief, we talk about the manufacturing of ADCs, including the complexities of the typical supply chain. In some cases, the typical supply chain may involve up to five so-called contract development and manufacturing organizations, or CDMOs. The reason of so many parts in a manufacturing process is that the development and manufacturing of ADCs is really complex and requires specialized companies. So, what is involved? The manufacturing process of an ADC involves the development and manufacturing of a potent cytotoxic payload and this is the actual cancer-killing drug. A biodegradable linker, monoclonal antibody, the conjugation of the payload via the biodegradable linker to the monoclonal antibody, and finally the fill-finish process and packaging for distribution. And each element in the manufacturing process is treated as a unique, separate activity. Adding to the complexity is that each step of the process typically involves shipments and transfer of material between different CDMOs. This may, in many cases, mean shipment across international borders. For example, it is not unheard of that an antibody is manufactured in one country in Europe, but that the conjugation with the combined linker drug part takes place in a facility in another country. As a result, the challenges for biopharmaceutical companies developing ADCs is that this approach involves a high degree of redundancy, risk, cost, and time. Economic analysis suggests that the delivery of multiple elements of the supply chain from a single source location could save months in the development and time of these novel therapeutics. The analysis also says that in some cases, this may be up to six months for a total manufacturing process. And this is important, because in simple terms, this helps speed up the development of an ADC and ultimately makes it possible to get very powerful anti-cancer drugs in the hands of clinicians to treat their patients faster. And ADC Bio plays an important role in the development and manufacturing process of novel therapeutics. The company develops new process technology designed to speed up, simplify, and significantly lower the production cost of the latest generation of these anti-cancer blockbuster drugs. In our interview, held during CPHI Worldwide in Madrid, Spain, We talk with Charlie Johnson about antibody drug conjugates and the role his company plays in the development and manufacturing process. 
We also talk about the complexities and trends in the development of other novel medicines, from large bulk manufacturing to hyper-personalized medicines. And finally, we briefly talk about financing of companies like ADC Bio. CPSI Worldwide is an annual event which hosts more than 45,000 visiting pharma professionals over a three-day period. During the event, more than 2,500 exhibitors from over 150 countries show what they can offer drug developers and drug manufacturers. And every sector of the pharmaceutical market is represented under one roof. Last year, this event took place in Madrid, Spain. Let's listen to the interview. We're here at the 2018 edition of CPHI, the Pharmaceutical Industry Market, here with Charlie Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of ADC Bio. ADC Biotechnology is a CDMO with a lot of innovation in the back pocket and actually getting a little bit more right now in, for people to know what's going on with the potential of creating better, faster, more interesting ADCs. This year has been a very exciting part of the company, but before we're going to talk about the company, welcome to the show, Charlie. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for the opportunity. As I said, uh, we, uh, you're a CDMO. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that happen in CDMO. CDMOs are contract development and manufacturing organizations. Tell me a little bit about the changing nature of CDMOs. Sure. So um, we're a specialist CDMO. We uh, we develop and manufacture ADCs, and that's that's all we do. So we're not a classical CDMO in in the respect of um, some of the bigger players that that do all sorts of other things with small molecules and biopharmaceutical manufacturing. But yeah, we are uh, one of a a few specialists in the uh, in the area of ADCs, and ADCs are an interesting challenge. They combine, you know, skills in, in, in manufacturing of small molecule payloads and, and biopharmaceuticals, antibodies and, 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 and proteins and the like of. So that's what we do and that, that's what our company does and what it was set up to do. You know, we started from the background of um, improving ADC development and manufacturing through technology. We continue to do that and when we're moving in to become a, a mainstream player in terms of manufacturing of clinical trial materials. So if I understand correctly, the D in CDMO, the development part, it's a major part of your company. It's been incredibly important to us, actually. We have now between 30 and 35 clients that we service regularly. We turn over in excess of 50, 60 projects a year in the R&D space. Um, and the development piece is ex exceptionally important. You know, we we're lucky, actually, that we've, we've had our hands on lots of the different technologies, linker technologies, payload technologies, and enzymatic technologies that um, ADCs rely on these days. So we have a very, very uh, broad experience um, in the, the R&D uh, sector of, of ADCs. And, um, you know, we're looking to um, deploy that into, into manufacturing at the behest, actually, of, you know, our clients and our investors. Um, they see this as a very attractive and, and vibrant market. Now, if you look at, um, at your company right now, uh, it's been, in, as I said earlier, it's a very exciting year for you. You uh, were able to secure some additional financing. Um, tell me what uh, uh, that means for you as a company. Sure. So uh, working off the back of the investment that we took in in September of 2017, which was 
primarily to to build out our new facilities in in North Wales at Deeside, which is effectively to consolidate our existing R and D um, services alongside clinical manufacturing of of conjugates of ADCs and 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 bispecifics and the like of. We took in some um, top-up funding in, in April of this year, essentially to do do a couple of things. One was to bolster our business development capabilities in continental North America. And the second thing was, um, in response to industry, to in industry trend, was to look at conceptually designing a fill-finish capability within the D-side um, footprint. So we're currently occupying around about 50% of the, of, of the footprint, and we're now looking to go downstream into fill and finish. That means that um, you are right now able to produce ADCs from early beginnings all the way till a finished product? Not exactly right now. I mean, we can do that in an R&D setting, and we have done for, for many years. But the, the intention is um, by the, the, the first quarter of next year to be capable of producing clinical materials for bulk ADCs, and thereafter, um, within the next 12 to 18 months, to be able to follow that down into, into formulation, fill and finish, because the industry is asking for that, and, right. and they want to consolidate those, those activities. Yeah. Now, let's take a short break. If you're just joining us, today in the Engagement Brief, we talk with Charlie Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of ADC Bio, a biotechnology company specialized in the development of antibody drug conjugates. Our interview was recorded during the 2018 edition of CPSI Worldwide, held October 9 through 11, 2018, in Madrid, Spain. I'm Peter Hofland, and this is the Engagement Brief. Each day, researchers make discoveries that bring us closer to the moment when all cancer patients can become survivors. Their progress is made possible with the help of clinical trials. Clinical trials are the brightest torch researchers have to light their way towards better treatments. And if you've been diagnosed with cancer, they may be your brightest ray of hope. Speak with your doctor and visit standuptocancer.org slash clinical trials to learn more. Together, we can stand up for all of us. This is the Alcazine Brief with Peter Hoffman and Sonia Portillo. And welcome back. I'm Peter Hoffman and this is the Alcazine Brief. If you're just joining us, today in the Alcazine Brief, we talk with Charlie Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of ADC Bio, a biotechnology company specialized in the development of antibody drug conjugates. Our interview was recorded during CPSI Worldwide, held October 9 through 11, 2018, in Madrid, Spain. Now, um, you, you are, uh, earlier on we were talking about the development part of it and the uh, innovation that you're trying to uh, bring to the ADC world. One of the things that you were talking about earlier this year, a uh, different presentation, was the, a new upstream bioconjugation process. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. And, and I think... Um, This is an interesting paradigm shift. So if, if you go back sort of 10, 15 years, the, the classical way um, of developing an ADC was to manufacture an antibody and, and test an antibody in the first instance and then look at a follow-on with, with an ADC. And, and so classically the way to, to, to manufacture is you develop and produce an ADC, uh, uh, an antibody, mm -hmm. 
And then you would use that as a starting point for then developing an ADC and selecting a payload, select, selecting a linker technology, and you know the ADC is then the follow-on on product. The way that the industry is developing right now is that people are just interested in skipping that that first part and, and moving directly to to an ADC. It means skipping mean meaning not we're looking at the monoclonal antibody first, uh, but really looking at what the ADC can be as the primary product. Yes, exactly that. So what, what we've conceptualized is based upon our our core background technology lock release is can we sort of intervene at an earlier stage? So rather than isolating a monoclonal and purifying it and the, the normal way of things is can, can we enter the the process earlier and use one of our resins to actually sequester the, the anti, antibody from a crude um, soup solution of, mm-hmm. of, of the antibody, carry out the conjugation and then carry out the downstream purification, hence saving time, saving costs in terms of, um, of, of protein resins and, and also um, con- consolidating um, the, 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 the analytical burden um, um, related to a separate monoclonal step and then a separate ADC. You said uh, saving cost. Tell me about that. Yes, so one of the the, the, the most expensive um, parts of a uh, of an antibody process is the the protein A resin that is used um, to to isolate the antibody from um, from the crude supernatant. We can replace or potentially replace the the protein A by using one of our mimetic proprietary mimetic resins, and because it is a mimetic, it's not proteinaceous in nature. We can then directly go to the the conjugation step, produce the ADC, and then carry out the downstream purifications and viral inactivation and clearance on the ADC itself, rather than having to do that in a in a pre step with the antibody. Now, you said you based this on your lock and release technology. In short, because some of our listeners may not be familiar with a lock and release technology, which is different than being used by other companies. Briefly, can you explain a little bit about the technology and why this is so important? I mean, one of the things that uh, was presented earlier this year, it also helps avoid aggregation or limits aggregation. So there are certain benefits to the technology that we've not seen in other ways uh, of developing ADCs. That's right. And we've been using, um, we developed lock release technology nearly eight years ago now. And we've been using that certainly very um, predominantly over the last five years to aid people who are in the R&D phases. And and lock release helps early innovators to produce ADCs very quickly um, and, and in a very clean format. So a format where that there is limited amounts of residuals in and particularly the payload so that you get a very sort of clean readout in in the initial in vitro panels and then subsequently we've used it to avoid aggregation as as you say a lot of the newer payloads the um the DNA alkylating payloads for example are highly hydrophobic in nature um they are they have a high propensity for aggregation when you make the ADC using the lock release technology which effectively segregates um the antibodies at, at a very early part in the in the processing allows you to produce um highly monomeric and clean conjugates um, when you release them from from the resin. And and you get a very clean um, product, which is free of residuals, high yielding, 
as well. So you avoid um, maybe 20-30% aggregate that you have to remove in subsequent chromatography steps. So there's a yield benefit, a quality benefit, and a speed to market benefit of using this technology. Which is obviously very important for uh, your clients. Indeed it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, one of the presentations here at uh, CPHI, uh, which was uh, remarkable, is the enormous growth of uh, the ADC market. Uh, if you if you look at uh, today, there are four ADCs uh, on the market, at least commercially approved in the United States, and I guess also around the rest of the world. In the rest of the world, there are uh, a whole bunch of ADCs right now in late stage phase three uh, clinical trials. What are your expectations um, if you look at this market right now of ADCs in the next three to five years? I think you know that I'm, I'm usually healthily sceptical about the research that comes out around you know how quickly these things are going to commercialize and grow. But I think in in, in the case of ADCs, we're, we're actually not far off um, the you know the predictions that have been made for the last five ten years um, that you know we're going to be looking at a market an overall market of between fifteen and twenty billion dollars before too long, and you know that's on the basis of the growth of the four commercially launched ADCs, but ones that are in later phase development. And certainly where we're at right now, which is servicing early clinical and mid sort of clinical manufacturing services, you know, we're seeing a growth rate of, you know, 50 plus percent this year in 2018 um, from from last year. And, you know, we're over 85 ADCs, individual ADCs in, in clinical development right now. It's a rapidly growing market. It's it, it, there was a little stutter back mm-hmm. in two thousand fifteen sixteen, but yeah, it's recovering incredibly strongly. And I think that that um, in combination with the um, checkpoint um, modulators um, is, yeah. is seeing a huge um, potential for, for for ADCs, not only as um, single agents but in in combination as well. Now, the majority of ADCs are still in oncology or hemato- hematology. One of the exciting things is uh, to see that um, I think about 14, 15% of development of ADCs uh, are now taking ADCs outside of uh, the world of oncology and hematology. Uh, But that comes with its uh, own problems. Can you share with us some of the things that may be considered a problem when you take an ADC from an oncology-based product to an outside non-oncology product? Yeah, and we, we've worked in, in this area on a couple of occasions. So we've, we've worked with steroidal drugs um, in combination with, with, with antibodies. And without saying too much, we're, we're starting to work with companies that are looking at antiviral products mm. um, as well. And really from a technology perspective, the, the challenges are, are, are similar. Um, I mean, the, the linker technologies are quite often different. But when it actually comes to the development and manufacturing challenges, the things that we see are, are fairly similar to what we experience with the oncology products. So, again, hydrophobicity of payloads can make it difficult to, you know, produce formats which you know you can utilise. Linker technologies are interesting as well. You know, within our group, we have a chemistry function as well, which you know customizes payloads and linker combinations, customizes release mechanisms so that you can access. You know, when when the ADC um, finds its target and is internalized, you know, it it can release its payload in 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 a format that is 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 therapeutically beneficial 
and, and does its job. And so the, the, the linker and the release mechanisms associated with that are, are incredibly important. So it's important for any ADC specialist to have not only the ability for the, the bioconjugation, but also to be able to tailor the, the chemistry side of, of, of linker and payload. Let's take a short break here. And then we talk some more with Charlie Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of ADC Bio, a biotechnology company specialized in the development of antibody drug conjugates, recorded during the 2018 edition of CPHI Worldwide, held October 9 to 11, 2018, in Madrid, Spain. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. This is the Oncazine Brief with Peter Hofflin and Sonia Portillo. Welcome back. I'm Peter Hofflin and this is the Oncazine Brief. If you're just joining us, today in the Oncazine Brief, we talk with Charlie Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of ADC Bio, a biotechnology company specialized in the development of antibody drug conjugates, recorded during CPHI Worldwide, held October 9 to 11, 2018, in Madrid, Spain. Now, one of the exciting things that uh, also being observed here at CPHI, uh, but also beyond CPHI, is uh, the fact that, um, and that's a bit, I think it's a challenge in itself, that some companies are actually thinking about placing two different kind of payloads on an ADC. Yeah, um, I think it's a very exciting thing to see. Uh, but I think from a manufacturing side, the development side, maybe the linkers, linker chemistry, that might be a nightmare. Yeah, and I mean it's already complex. Making ADCs is is already complex, and then you know um, accessing sufficient orthogonality in terms of um, linkage sites and you know, for different payloads is uh, is an interesting challenge um, in, in its own right. It's not something that we we have worked with um, so far, but you know this idea has been around for some time, and I think there's a lot of promise um, in terms of certainly in the oncology space um, uh, conjugating um, payloads which have um, complementary modes mm-hmm. of action. Um, it's um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting challenge, I think, from from a chemistry perspective uh, as much as anything else. Uh, those 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 very novel drugs are not to be expected for a little while, I assume. I yeah, I mean, I think they're they're in R and D right now. I mean, I, it, it's a um, it's a compelling concept at this point, and and we'll see how that develops. Now. Talk about the economy of of, um, of ADCs, the, the economic data is showing uh, some very interesting trends. Your company's been doing some of that. And without going into all the details with numbers, uh, can you share with us some of the, the interests or some of the interesting economic data that, that you've noticed, observed or gathered? 
Yeah, we can do that. I think this fits um, broadly into two aspects. So supply chain is is, is one thing. Um, one of the things that we are increasingly asked by um, our, our, our existing clients and new clients alike is, you know, can we do more? You know, can we um, can we either do the the antibody part and the conjugation? Can we either do the conjugation and, and the fill and finish? Because they see huge benefits in terms of time to to clinic, in terms of um, combining those things together. So that's that's one thing. That's a time saving for for clients, and and there are also cost savings associated with release quality control, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The other thing that we're looking into um, is is being able as as I mentioned earlier to combine the conjugation event earlier in the in in the, the upstream manufacturing of, of, of the antibody we see that you know we can save up to 50 percent of manufacturing time there we see that we can save somewhere in a region of uh, 25 30 percent in terms of costs that comes from savings in time but it also comes from savings in in material consumption usage and also um the, the the protein a resin so we're really excited by that we see that as a paradigm change in in the way that adcs are developed and manufactured and um, we're really excited about that in fact we're starting to work with some of our existing clients collaboratively to to, to make those those things a reality now cpti is not only about adcs and you walk around here and I assume that you see also some of the other trends uh, being presented. One of them, of course, if you look at, at very novel and very personalized uh, medicine technology uh, like uh, CAR-T, chimeric antigen receptor T-cell technology, um, it's, it's very, very, very personalized. And basically, based on the individual patients, the drug is being manufactured. On the other side, you see the increase in bulk manufacturing um, in single-use technology, where right now people are talking about uh, three to four thousand liter um, bioreactors. Um, from where you are observing the industry, um, there is, in that respect, a two-way split. But what are some of the trends that you see are happening in medicine? Is it more and and move towards the hyper-personalization of, of medication or is that still the bulk manufacturing of, for example, ADCs, but also other uh, drugs that may be manufactured in that way? Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's certainly an interesting sort of trend um, that, that's going on there. And I think, yeah, as you, I think you describe it correctly, hyper-individualization of, of medicines, it's still you know it's again it's a very compelling concept adcs have, have often been sort of branded as you know personalized medicine i mean they're, they're personalized antigens mm -hmm. you know to specific antigens and i think that sometimes uh, gets a little bit lost i think we're we're some way off that real personalized medicine becoming a reality but it's um a concept that has been talked about for a long time and and, and i think it's it's progressing if i look a little bit sort of closer to home one of the key things that we see emerging in, in terms of biosimilars is, you know, we're having a lot of conversations recently with, you know, biosimilar companies, Asia, 
India looking at ADCs very keenly now, um, and 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 looking to enter that that space. You know, the patent lifetime for, for some of the bigger products like Katsila, you know, are, are coming close, and there's an awful lot of interest uh, being generated there. Likewise, innovative ADCs um, from China. We um, attended the inaugural event World ADC over there earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and you know, there is a huge amount of activity, a lot of innovation. As, as, as well as Me Too um, products coming. You mentioned about the fact that um, some of the products, first, the first and second generation ADCs are now getting closer to their end of their patents in, in, in here in, in, in Western Europe, around the world. Yeah. What does that mean beyond the fact that now companies may look at the, the potential for creating a biosimilar? Yeah, I, I think... Well, it's it's interesting. We've had lots of conversations recently, um, particularly around Katsila, actually. Mm-hmm. And and the discussion always starts with, do we want to go down a true sort of biosimilar route or do we want to be bio-better? And, right. um, you know, looking at alternative payloads. And I think most people um, who, you know, are, are active in that field, you know, they, they have already a generic trastuzumab. Right. So, so the easiest entry point really is is the biosimilar route with with Cadsila, but we always have the conversation um, with 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 cl- potential clients about you know bio better. Should they go down biosimilar or bio bio better route? And um, the, it's coming. You yeah. know, it won't be long before you know Adcetris is is added to that list. When you talk about bio better, you see also original trastuzumab based ADCs uh, that are in development. But it's still based on trastuzumab, on the HER2 uh, problem in that respect. So when you look at the first generation ADCs and you look at the second generation, right now we're talking about the third generation of ADCs. What are some of the, the key differences that we do now completely different than when we started off ADCs? Yeah, it's another very interesting point. So, I mean, we've, we've moved to, um, you know, site-specific mm-hmm. technologies a lot cleverer technologies in terms of, of, of the conjugation event, plasma stability, all of these things, and, you know, to ever-increasingly potent payloads. Mm-hmm. And then I think we've taken a little bit of a pause based upon some of the data that we've, uh, clinical data that we've received recently, and now we're starting to sort of attenuate those things, and it's a gradual process of, you know, optimizing linker technologies, site specificity, payload potency um, those things that are all incredibly important but on a ADC by ADC basis it's you, there isn't a, a bible that tells not you a, exactly how you do this you know and 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 it's an incredibly incredibly fascinating place to watch from actually to see how these things are being optimized and developed now both for your company you're developing new technologies new new ways of looking at ADCs making them better Last year, CPSI, we had a little discussion about uh, some of the things that you were doing. It was very exciting to uh, listen to. This year, you had a lot of very exciting things that came to market were introduced. What about next year? Next year is going to be all about filling our new facility. <laughs> so um, we're, we're looking towards um, a, a regulatory inspection, MHRA, um, in the first quarter of which, which is the English version of the FDA. Correct, that's right. And um, you know, we've we've. 
been in dialogue with the regulator throughout our, our build, and and so we're not expecting surprises there. It's going to be about getting through that that hurdle, getting first products into into our facility. We already have some lined up. Incredibly exciting in that respect. It's also going to be about conceptually designing formulation fill and finish, to, which is additive to that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be about starting this upstream paradigm shift in in how we manufacture ADCs. And we'll 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 see whether we will we'll be again an exciting year. I must <laughs> Indeed, say. Yeah. Okay. Now let's take a short break. If you're just joining us today in the Augustine Brief, we talk with Charlie Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of ADC Bio a biotechnology company specialized in the development of antibody drug conjugates. Our interview was recorded during the 2018 edition of CPSI Worldwide, held October 9-11, 2018, in Madrid, Spain. I'm Peter Hofland, and this is The Youngest in Brief. Did you know that generic drugs are just as safe and effective as brand name drugs? Generics might look different, but they work the same way. And they can even save you money. Don't believe me? Ask your doctor or pharmacist. Or visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. This is the Alcazine Brief with Peter Hoffman and Sonia Portillo. And welcome back. Our interview today was with Charlie Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of ADC Bio. It was originally recorded during CPSI Worldwide, the pharmaceutical industry meeting held in Madrid, Spain. One thing where we um, don't really talk a lot about is uh, funding. I mean, funding of um, uh, proprietary technology, funding of uh, biotechnology is often uh, very complex. And a lot of companies are, or a lot of potential funders are really uh, skeptical about very novel technology. In the case of antibody drug conjugates, also in the case of your company, things are changing rapidly. Tell me a little bit about the funding uh, landscape in that respect, um, and, and maybe in this case primarily about the United Kingdom, but maybe what kind of lessons can be learned from other, for other areas as well. Sure, yeah, that, that, that is an interesting point. And I think the landscape actually is changing, um, particularly for us. I mean, I think if you go back to the, the, the start of our story, you know, we're, we're atypical in terms of the way that we have brought ADC technology to the market. I think in, in some respects, it's, it's quite classical. You know, we were a, a technology startup. Um, we, we had a background technology that we were de- developing, but we've morphed into a more mainstream CDMO service provider as well. Now, typically, um, when when CDMOs enter a new phase of technology like ADCs, you know, they do that from the position of an established business, which has, you know, got got internal funds to support that kind of activity. So we're kind of, I won't say unique, but we're, we're kind of atypical in that respect. So what's incredibly important is track record, and we have good track record with um, our existing investor set. We were primarily f- um, funded by Development Bank Wales, as they are, are now, Finance Wales formerly. And we were supported by Seneca Partners, EAS funds, so tax-efficient funds um, in the UK from 2011 onwards. 
when we took in the um, larger round of investment last year in September, uh, we brought on two new VCT funds. Venture, May- venture capital funds. Venture capital funds, yes. Yeah. So Maven Capital Partners and, and in April this year, Downing LLP, London-based and they, you know, they're, they're very, very good um, supporters and, and partners, and investment partners for us. And the landscape has changed recently for VCT funds. It's no longer the case that they can invest primarily in, in more established, stable management biotype businesses. They are more aligned with the EIS landscape, which is the tax-efficient uh, funding um, route um, in, in the UK, and they have to now invest in um, more, more, more risk-associated businesses. So um, there's a lot of um, VCT funding now available for companies like ourselves, technology-based companies, startup companies, where risk capital is is de- you know classically deployed, and um, you know that's um, that's very good for us. Um, the, the key thing is to pick the right partners, um, those that are in it for you know for for the medium term, and can, who can support you um, as your business develops. So obviously, this is not only good for you um, in terms of of um, ADC biotechnology, but uh, that landscape is also impacting other companies um, in the UK in terms of getting financing for maybe some of the challenging products that they may try to develop in either ADCs or similar kind of products. My read of it is there is an excess of funding and and, and a lack of uh, good technology-based um, projects for, for, for these funds to do, invest in at the moment. Well, hopefully we can uh, see in the next year a couple of very exciting uh, products being uh, brought to those VCs. Indeed. Well, we say thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Peter. This edition of the Oncogene Brief was a co-production with ADC Review, the Journal of Antibody Drug Conjugates. For more information about the journal and background information about ADCs, visit the journal's website at www.adcreview.com. If you want to learn more about personalized medicine and targeted therapies in cancer, including the use of antibody drug conjugates, visit cancer.net. This is the website from the American Society of Clinical Oncology and includes doctor-approved patient information. The website is www.cancer.net. Another valuable resource is the website from the American Cancer Society. This website offers a wealth of information about cancer, including risk factors, symptoms, how a particular cancer is found, and how it is treated. The website of the American Cancer Society is www.cancer.org. For us here at the Ongezin Brief, we want to thank you our listeners and underwriters, for your ongoing support. Thanks to your support, our program now has a wider reach with distribution via iHeartRadio, in addition to PRX Public Radio Exchange, and in the United Kingdom and mainland Europe via UK Health Radio. You can also download our program via iTunes. In Arizona, you can listen to the Ongezin Brief via Independent Talk 1100 KFNX, one of the top 10 radio stations in Arizona, reaching almost 5 million people throughout the state. For more information about that, check our online journal Oncuzine at www.oncuzine.com. We know that based on this interview and the additional subject matter we've discussed, you may have questions. So please submit your questions to our editorial team via email, Facebook, or Twitter. And we will post as many answers as we can on our website oncuzine.com. That is O-N-C-O-Z-I-N-E dot com. 
To help make this program possible, please visit our page at patreon.com forward slash the Angusin Brief. That is patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash the Angusin Brief. Your support for this program is important. It allows us to bring you interviews with experts involved in the development of novel diagnostics and new treatments. So please visit our page on patreon.com forward slash the Angusin Brief. If you're living in the United States and want to receive our newsletter, text the word CANCER, C-A-N-C-E-R, to 66866, and we will make sure that you'll receive our newsletter, which includes an overview of the latest news in oncology and hematology. Thank you all. And thank you for listening, and join us again for our next episode. I'm Peter Hofland, and this is The Youngest in Brief. The Oncazine Brief is produced for Sun Valley Communication by Peter Hoffman, Sonia Portillo, Evan Wint, David Kaler, and Sean Mayer, and distributed by InPress Media Group. Support for the Oncazine Brief comes from listeners of this station and our commercial underwriters and advertisers. For more information about underwriting and sponsoring options, contact Sean Mayer in California at 949 923 1660, or visit our website at oncazine.com forward slash underwriting. The Oncazine Brief contains health and medicine-related information and is provided for educational and entertainment purposes only. The content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical or health advice and does not replace your doctor's advice. Your doctor is the best person to answer questions about your personal health If you hear something in this program that doesn't agree with what your doctor has told you, ask him or her about it.